Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is uh, 5.09, 28 degrees and clear. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. You know, as we went through yesterday and today's interview, I just got an alert on social media that, uh, why won't that update? Here we go. Uh, the Houthis used a drone boat today laden with explosives that detonated in the Red Sea on Thursday but failed to cause any damage or casualties, the U.S. Navy said. It did explode in the vicinity of a Navy ship, and it did explode in the vicinity of container ships. So now the Houthi rebels are using explosive-laden drone boats to attack the shipping lanes in the Red Sea. Uh, Commander Kirk Leopold, who I had on yesterday, said on Twitter, on X, now formerly Twitter, that the POTUS, the president, must take immediate action on this dangerous national security threat. Otherwise, it's just a matter of time. But it's not a matter of if, but when more U.S. Navy ships will pay the tragic price. Um, one of the the uh, individuals who posted the story, and it's coming from Reuters, said that it, it came within a couple of miles of ships operating in the area, merchant ships and U.S. Navy ships, and we all watched it as it exploded. Houthis are now using the USS Cole playbook. And I would imagine that's why Commander Kirk Leopold chimed in on it, which is where I saw it, and now I'm bringing it to you. So not only are they using these attack drones, they're using one-way attack drones, anti-ship ballistic missiles, and land cruise missiles. Now they're using explosive-laden drone boats to attack ships and entities in, in that area of the world. And it is, unless you are 100% perfect all the time, which we all know is hard. It's, it's almost near impossible. Something's going to happen sooner or later. And something could be American lives and American coffins flag-draped landing at Dover. And we don't want to see that. We don't need that here. It's as simple as that. I... Uh, X'd out of one of my programs. I'm sorry. Here we go. We're back. Um, I was corrected that Colt weapon is not a dragon. It's a dragoon, which was named after a cavalry force of the army back in 1847, 1848, whenever it was, it was brought in there. Somebody said, Rob, uh, there's never any talk of keeping your immunes up. Zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D, selenium, and such like that. I agree. Uh, every day with my normal medication, I take my vitamin D. I take vitamin D anyway during the winter. If you live in northeast Pennsylvania, you should as well because uh, we lack vitamin D in the winter here. It's, it's interesting. One of my good friends moved from Southern California to upstate New York. And for the first time ever, and he's a little older than me, but for the first time ever had a vitamin D deficiency. And I was like, oh, welcome to the northeast of the United States. Uh, in the winter, you need to take vitamin D. That's as simple as that here. It's not like Southern California where you're constantly getting natural vitamin D. In the summer, I stop taking it because I think I get enough vitamin D naturally from being outside, you know, shorts, short sleeve shirts, and such like that, being in the pool. So I don't. But I also take my vitamin C. I also take my zinc. I don't take selenium, though. But I do take my zinc. 
magnesium, vitamin C, and vitamin D. Uh, and that's on top of my multivitamin that I take all the time. So, yeah, I do, and I recommend others do too, but I'm not giving medical advice. I'm just telling you what I do. Talk to your, uh, talk to, uh, your medical expert. This story, and it was from uh, Jim Lockwood yesterday from our, uh, the, the Times Tribune. Uh, good story from him, but this is where we've come to in the world and it's one of these shake your head moments the girl scouts in the heart of pennsylvania sues parents to recoup cash never turned in for sales of girl scout cookies this is what we've turned into a nation where the girl scouts have to sue parents from getting the money back for the sale of girl scout cookies now i'm not even going to get started on on the organization of the Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts, uh, you know, it's, it's all of them. It's good for kids. I get the premise. I think on the ground, the basis for it, um, and I'm not talking your local pack leaders or troop leaders, whatever they call themselves at this point. They're not what I'm talking. I'm talking about the corporate entity of the Girl Scouts and the corporate entity of the Boy Scouts. I'm talking about the Girl Scout cookie. Monopoly, the, I mean, from copyright. There's a lot of people making a lot of money here off of the Girl Scouts organization, off this cookie thing. And, and a lot of it, most of it, I would imagine, doesn't trickle down necessarily to your local troops that, that teach good values to, to people. I get it. And, you know, earning your badges for certain things. Some people might think it's silly. It's not. It's teaching you. You know, some people, uh, I, I heard... During Nikki's show, they were talking about um, minimum wage jobs. And somebody said that their kid or somebody in their family was working at a diner, washing dishes, and they, they were the money they were spending on gas to get back and forth to the job was just the same amount as they were making. It's still a good thing. I mean, if you can obviously find a job closer to where you're, you're coming out in a plus area, you're coming out in the black at the end. That That's always preferable if you can do that. A job, a minimum wage job, a starting job, a job, and that's what minimum wage jobs is, were supposed to be. These jobs were meant to teach you things. They were meant to teach you how to follow directions, how to work well with others, how to complete tasks, how to show up on time, how to do different things, how to multitask. You know, how to deal with money and changes. You know, it's not just now where you point a picture of a hamburger or French fries on a, on a register because there's no dollar sign. There's no money there anymore. Or having someone at the register stare at change in their hand going, I, I don't know how much to give you back where you have to count out the change for them and take it. So if if it's where you're, you're young, you're your child working a minimum wage job, their first job or whatever – is just breaking even, and if you're the parent driving them and, you know, the gas to get them back, it, it's, a, it's a worthy investment. I promise you. I've had three successful kids. It's a worthy investment for you to do because it's teaching them so much more than how much they're making. And a matter of fact, at that age, with that kind of job, you, you should be not teaching them to chase the dollar. You should be teaching them to get a good work ethic, to work well with others, to deal with controversy, to deal with bosses they may not like. You know, I've, I've gone through this several times with my kids from, from and the police department with coworkers and such. Having a bad boss teaches you more than you need to know. 
it teaches you what you don't want to be when you're in that situation. And not only does it teach you that and show you that, it embeds it in you because you dealt with it. You were on the other side of that. And, you know, I saw that firsthand and it showed me, listen, I never want to be that when I'm on that side of it. And I lived through it. I experienced it. I saw firsthand how not to be. And that's a strong lesson to learn. It's always great to learn from positive enforcement, positive um, you know, role models and such like that to learn great things. But also, if, if you work with someone who's not that, you're learning from that as well. I mean, yes, it's going to make you miserable. Yes, you're dealing with stuff you probably don't want to be dealing with or don't need to deal with. But let it teach you that when you're in that position, when there's someone asking you for something, when you're on the other side of it, what not to do how not to act, how to treat people. And it's one of the reasons, you know, I've done well in the media, on TV, and because you learn how to talk to people. It's, it's the reason I had a, a very good career in law enforcement, because learned how to talk to people. And, and I stem that back to when I worked as a crisis preventionist for the Office of Mental Health in New York City, because we were dealing with emotionally disturbed individuals where, you know, you had to had to talk them off, off literally off the cliffs sometimes, uh, off the walls. They worked in a secure facility where we tried to get them their high school education. You learn to talk to people. You learn to coax them down. You learn to be respectful. You learn to not trigger people, and and that's a worthy and worthy uh, lesson to learn. And that's where you learn for these jobs as well. But we're at a place now where. You got the Girl Scouts suing parents in the heart of Pennsylvania, and it's the lawsuit recently in Lackawanna and Luzerne County courts against parents who agreed to have their Girl Scout daughters sell hundreds of boxes of iconic cookies, but never turned in the money. Once a parent signs that agreement form, which is a contract, ordering boxes of cookies to be sold and agreed to remit the proceeds, the boxes cannot be returned as unsold. And the parents is obligated to pay for the cookies, according to the complaints. So basically, if you take 100 boxes of cookies, you owe them the money for 100 boxes of cookies if you sell them or not. You cannot return 50 boxes of cookies saying, hey, I didn't sell these. And that's what they're suing over. Um, are we going to see, I don't know, the Biden administration have a Girl Scout cookie forgiveness program? I'd like to see that. But uh, I, for, second of all, I don't know really anyone who can't get rid of Girl Scout cookies, right? Jake, you're in need of Girl Scout cookies. Who cannot get rid of Girl Scout cookies? <laughs> you stand outside at a local convenience store here. You're going to sell your Girl Scout cookies. I promise you. <laughs> but that's the the world we've come up to. And uh, I'm trying to see if there's any numbers here. In 2023, the annual Girl Scout Cookie Mega Drop distribution event held in February delivered over 395,000 boxes of cookies to distribution locations in Scranton, Harrisburg, Sealands Grove, and York, according to the Girl Scouts website. Um, and they're calling it a breach of contract. When you sign for X amount of boxes of cookies, parents so are being sued. So you work for them. So you're, you work for the Girl Scouts. It's not like a... 
a, a thing that girls just do to learn the merits of becoming an adult. And so you're actually it, it is, so they're it is employing on the you. It is on the ground. But the corporate entity of Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts, look how much their CEOs make. Look how much uh, yeah, their presidents, this is vice what presidents, I'm questioning. and everybody makes. And uh, listen, you've got to understand, I'm also against the selling of these cookies to begin with. First of all, I don't like them. 400,000 of them just here in our area. Second of all, what you know, your your kids, younger women, you're teaching them how to eat unhealthy and sell sell unhealthy. It's oh, like they can, begin that's the beginnings of a drug pusher. I'm you, only kidding. How can, not, how can you not like thin mints? I Okay, so thin mints are okay and those other ones that have the coconut and the Oh, macaroons. Ooh, those are pretty good too and yeah. uh, when they put the peanut butter in the ones with the peanut butter, they're not bad. Listen, I, I appreciate the Girl okay. Scouts, I appreciate the lessons I, they learn, I appreciate the Boy Scouts, but when you look at the corporate entities of the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts and their CEOs and their vice presidents and all their directors and what they make, what he it kind of goes yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, these cookies aren't this these cookies are a multi-million dollar operation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there's money going somewhere and, and, and it's not going to the badges. You want to talk about slave labor right there. Isn't that slave labor? No. No. Come on. You get these little kids to pimp your cookies. Come on. Pimping cookies. Yeah. And then you're going to make that. I don't get it. Mm Mm-mm. Girl Scout cookies, Thin Mints rule, (laughs) but not for eight bucks. Do they go for eight bucks a box? Somewhere around there now, I think. Yeah. I mean, you might as well buy your Chips Ahoy. I They're no much, better. I would much rather see Girl Scouts with home-baked cookies, homemade. That's what I'm thinking. Muffins, I've thought that for a long time. Like, why outside. aren't they doing their own little bake but sales to listen, to raise I, money? Girl, I'm not going to say no to Girl Scout cookies, but I didn't know they were eight bucks a box. Huh. You have a good point. They really—that's what I always thought. Like, they should be doing homemade. Uh, f- stuff like that. But it's, it's like anything else. It's like these non-government organizations making billions off of illegal migration. You know, this, there's a cookie company making a lot of money off mm-hmm. these cookies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who's connected to that cookie company? Who The distribution. You know, the CEOs and the directors and the vice president. I mean, it doesn't all go to benefit the girls. No, it doesn't. It, there, there's there's an echelons there to keep this cookie ring going. That's all it, I'm saying. Exactly. Pimping the cookies. 523 here at WILK. <laughs> Time for traffic and weather. Hey, thanks, Rob. This traffic update is brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. They're slowing on 81 southbound between Scranton and Wilkesbury. You can expect in spots to dip below 40 miles per hour. They're still clearing up that accident on Mount Cobb Road near Route 247. That might be delaying you just a little bit. Some heavy traffic on Commerce Boulevard in Dixon City. Main Avenue or Main Street in Old Forge is bumper to bumper. William Street in Pittston also has heavy traffic. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570. 570- 0883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Listen, there's a lot of snow coming this weekend. That's all I'm going to tell you. So they say. It's, uh, yep. Yeah. Don't believe it. Tonight, breezy, frigid with flurries, low 20. Friday, mostly sunny and cold, high 36. Friday night, increasing clouds and cold, low 23. Saturday, snow showers arrive, heavy at times in the afternoon, high of 37. Sunday, snow showers taper off in the afternoon, high 37. Snowfalls totals are anywhere from 3 to 10 inches across northeast and central Pennsylvania. Looks like the uh, northeast counties are going to get a little bit more, 5 to 10 inches. Uh, eastern Pennsylvania, 4 to 8. And the uh, central region, 3 to 6 inches. But again, they really don't know. We're going to get anywhere from 0 to 80 inches of snow sometime this weekend somewhere. Um, it's five 
25 here at WILK. 27 degrees and clear outside. Here with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 528. 27 degrees and clear outside. Um, somebody says Walmart sells thin mints for about $1.50. Somebody says five to seven bucks a box. 400,000 boxes of Girl Scout cookies sold here in NEPA. Hmm, I think I um, that's a little low. I'm pretty sure I ate most of that. Well, hopefully not, but that's the number that was given in the article. Let's go to the phone real quick. We have uh, Joe from the Back Mountain on immigration policies. Joe. Yeah, hi, how you doing? Uh, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Uh, thank you. I, I, You know, you were talking about the immigration. Okay, so... They know at this time in this country there's over 8 million uh, military-age men, minimum 8 million, in this country that have come in in the last three years. Uh, what <laughs> What is the game plan here? You know, it feels like the Houthis are uh, slapping us in the face and taunting us. It feels like the Biden administration slapping people in the face, Americans, and taunting them. Uh, what's going on in Texas with Governor Abbott, the way they're treating him, this this man did not set out to have uh, a war with, with the United States government, okay? He's not looking for trouble. But they refuse to do their job. They refuse to let the Border Patrol do what they should do. And, and, and they turned everything upside down. What what is the end what is the end game here? Uh, it you know it's so nefarious, and I hate to be a conspiracy theorist, but you know when you have uh, the amount of men in this country illegally that is four times our standing military force, you know it's eight, eight times say two million, so it's four to one. I mean, what 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 is the end game here? I, 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 wish, I wish we. I wish they'd tell us that because they haven't. All they keep saying is all their excuses. The immigration system is broken. Yes, that has nothing yeah. to do with border security. Let's fix that first, and then we can talk about, you know, uh, the immigration yeah. system. We know it's broken. Everybody admits it's broken, and you could argue about fixing it and what those fixes are later. But securing the border is well, this government's primary function. But the thing is, I hear them say it's broken. I never. I never hear them say. How it's broken. How is it broken? We have laws on the books. So in the meantime, what does it mean to say something is broken? That That's a meaningless statement. You have laws on the books, enforce them, and in the meantime, start working on new legislation. Well, okay? Each year but just to say it's broken, that's, that's a cop-out. That's a cop-out. I don't mean on your part. I mean on the government's part, as usual. No, and it's just talking points on them because they have neither of them. The government as a whole has no interest in, in attempting to to change the system in any way. You know, America takes 1.2 million legal uh, legal aliens in each year, legal migrants right. in each year. 1.2 million, sure. about 5 or 6 million apply for that green card every year. We allow yep. 1.2 million. Now, where they, they made their change is, is back— Whenever it was changed last, I believe it was the 50s or 60s, they changed from a European-based immigration system to a Central and South America simply for cheap labor. It was just the government at the time. They needed laborers to do things. They changed the immigration policies then. Um, you know, it, it needs to be changed to where we are today. And what's happening now is not that. A free-for-all at our border, 
you know, a 900% increase in Chinese uh, nationals that are military age males coming in, the influx of Africans from, uh, males coming in from all over the nation that are going through five and six countries to get here isn't the way the immigration system is supposed to work. Asylum is not supposed to work the way it is. You're supposed to apply at the first country you come to, not four countries later when you get into America. The funny thing is, right now, from all the analysts I read and, you know, following the markets and stuff, uh, we're going through a deglobalization process. We're reshoring jobs back to the United States. So you could say that, many, in, a, in a sense, well, we need bodies to do to fill those jobs that will be reshored. I can agree with that. But at the same time, while while there's a deglobalization going on in 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 the, in the markets, there's a globalization process going on at the border where it's just it's it's an open border and oh, you're citizen of the world, come on in. You know, we have to take care of you because, you know, kumbaya, we're all brothers of the world or whatever. But we have no borders in America, but every other country on the face of the planet has borders. I just don't it's, – it's like they're taunting us, and they're taunting the governor of Texas. And the only, the only recourse and the only salvation for what's left of our Constitution and our way of life here is the courts, is the Supreme Court. Uh, other than that, the, 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 the Democrat Party – uh, doesn't seem to give a damn uh, about the history of this country or or, or our, our, our uh, founding principles. They're just going to do what it, you know, do whatever they feel like, and and the hell with the consequences. They don't like Tom Holman said when I had him on two weeks ago. It would take him 120 days to secure the border. So let's hopefully we get someone like that in power that gives him yeah. that authority to do that. Joe, I'm pre- I yeah. appreciate you call. Okay, thanks so much. Thank you. Right. It's uh, coming up on through 534, 534 here at WILK. Time for the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Um, well, <laughs> I saw this and it's just shaking my head. I, I told you a couple weeks ago about the 23andMe, that DNA testing where you can send in and they tell you your, your heritage, your family lines, and everything like that. They had a big data breach with... Uh, I believe over half their database being being uh, compromised. Uh, first of all, first they said it was only uh, about fourteen thousand. Then it turned out to be uh, six point nine million customers whose accounts were uh, were compromised. Well, twenty three and Me has there's facing thirty lawsuits now from victims of the massive data breach, and their twenty three and Me came out with a legal their lawyers are contacting the lawyers of these plaintiffs and saying, well, it's your fault our data was breached. Your passwords weren't strong enough. You reuse your passwords. You use passwords for multiple things. I would buy that if it was one or a few people and it was a direct, you know, you hacked my password. You, you got in through my portal or how I log in. But when you lo- when you get the data from your servers for 6.9 million victims, I find that a little harder to believe. But you have these companies, 23andMe, that, that people all around the world give lots of money to to run their DNA, which I don't know why you would do that. But you do. And they give you this family tree and, you know, what your heritage is. And you might be, you know, 1.2%, which is more than... Uh, Senator Warren of a Native American <laughs> uh, and, and everything else. Uh, but 
they do have unlimited resources, and they're still going to throw these things. But they're blaming the data breach uh, on on you for not having. It's your fault that their data was breached because you don't have a strong enough password. But mind you, it was their server that was hacked for 6.9. So all 6.9 million users all had weak passwords? I find that hard to believe. I mean, not everybody uses uh, you know, ABC123, I guess. <laughs> and if you're using that, I encourage you to change it. Because <laughs> Rob just gave it away on I the I just air. told it over the internet. <laughs> Although so. I would never do... You had to know when you were doing 23andMe, you were going to put a lot of stuff at risk. You had to know. You're, putting, you're giving someone else your DNA. <laughs> yeah. It just... First of all, when, when they went through the schools. I mean, my kid's <laughs> school district, they were going to do some... Some a DNA char- like a charm with your DNA in it. I was like, absolutely not. No, really. Like, yeah, and that's the, insane. It was uh, no. no, no, no. No, I am happy just believing that I am part Italian, part German, part uh, Polish, and part Welsh. I am very happy with that. I don't need it to be broken down into seventy-five million other things. It won't affect my life either way. You know, I just don't understand why we need to do that. And then maybe there are family secrets you don't want to know about. Maybe. Don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, although I always threatened I was going to put one on my kitchen table so somebody in the family could start shaking. Uh, but I'm not going to say who. 23andMe <laughs> says it's your fault that their servers were breached. So if you're part of that, make sure your lawyer gets on that because they're blaming you. Of course, it's always the other person's fault. <laughs> it's 540, almost 542 here. Time for traffic and weather. Hey, thanks, Rob. How are you? Uh, this traffic update is brought to you by... Pentella Data Internet. We have a crash on 380 southbound. It's causing a lane restriction uh, that is between Daleville and let's see, let's see, southbound. It's okay, so just after you get on 380 south, right? And which exit 20 Daleville. So there's a lane restriction. So there you go. Uh, that seems to be our biggest problem this afternoon. We don't have any major backups. 81 is looking good from the New York border to Hazleton. No reports of any incidents on the PA Turnpike either. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Nikki forgot where she was again. Uh. <laughs> Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Uh, we're tracking a snowstorm for the weekend, and it's still on schedule for Saturday arrival into Sunday departure. This storm will likely bring us enough snow to shovel and plow, with snowfall amounts ranging from 3 to 6 inches in central PA, 4 to 8 inches over eastern Pennsylvania, and slightly higher amounts 5 to 10 inches possible over the northeast corner of Pennsylvania. Wayne, Susquehanna, Pike, Monroe, Carbon Counties, those areas could be on the higher end based on the current track, which was uh, as of this afternoon. As always, the track of the storm changes. The snowfall totals will change. It's the famous weather people clause. Uh, tonight, breezy, frigid with flurries, low 20. Friday, mostly sunny and cold, high 36. Friday night, increasing clouds and cold, low 23. Saturday, snow showers arrive heavy at times in the afternoon, high 37. Sunday, snow tapers off in the afternoon, high 37. Snowfall totals anywhere from 3 to 10 inches across northeast and central Pennsylvania. It's currently 28 degrees here at 544 at your official weather station, WILK.
Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 548, 27 degrees and clear. Uh, hopefully tomorrow we have a better idea what's going on with the storm, but just be prepared. You know, make sure, uh, and I get the text messages in, make sure you get your French toast ready. The coming panic, bread, milk, eggs. Also get ham, Swiss cheese, turkey, and make grilled Monte Cristo sandwiches with syrup and mustard, of course. And watch Michigan kick butt. Nice weekend. Yep. The U.S. has become the world's social services provider and safety relief valve making, taking in millions of young men. Eh, don't not agree with you there either. We're protecting Ukraine's border, but not our own. Yep, pretty much. Uh, Rob, you see where New York City mayor is banning minorities from bus travel. He's not forcing them to sit in the back of the bus. He's telling them no bus at all. Yeah, he's got to remain in New Jersey policy. No bus is allowed in, so they're just dropping them off in New Jersey train stations. And the New Jersey governor, which is also a sanctuary state, is saying, not in my state. Put them on a train to New York and getting them out of here. And that's exactly what they're doing, and they're showing up by train to New York. And, of course, the mayor now is suing Governor Abbott in the state of Texas for uh, simply taking the problem that Joe Biden has allowed to come to our nation and moving it to the rest of the nation. Um, you, as you notice, they are still a sanctuary state, still a sanctuary city, so until you change that, shut your mouth. I also saw that... Uh, Reverend Al Sharpton, and I use that reverend lightly, is picketing in front of Bill Ackerman's house. He's the the multi-billionaire Harvard grad who was very critical of the Harvard president. So uh, Reverend Al Sharpton and his National Action Network is protesting in front of his corporate headquarters in New York City. Uh, And who's joining him? No other than the New York City Comptroller, who has lost over $3 billion to the New York City Pension Fund since he's taken office. Uh, He's also a known and documented socialist, Democrat socialist of New York. Um, How they get elected is beyond me, but they continually to do that. So it's hard for me to feel sorry for New York. I really don't care what happens to it anymore. You know, it's unfortunate. Still have friends who live there, friends who are sticking it out. Most of them have left. Uh, there are still good people there. I'm not saying there's not, but they deserve everything they get. When you, when you elect incompetent morons to run your city, expect the circus. And that's—I I wouldn't even say it's, it's, not, it's not even that. It's, 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 it's circling the drain. It, it truly is. And I know they want to tout, oh, this is down, that's down. Yes, because there's literally— An individual jumped the turnstile to get into the subway system. That's theft of service. It's a misdemeanor. It's arrestable. Uh, That's how we we kept the city safe back then because when we started arresting the people jumping the turnstile, we started getting weapons. We started getting people with with, uh, felony warrants for murder, for everything else. Um, If you are going to rob someone on the subway, you're not going to pay to get on the subway. So this New York City Councilwoman, posted a video, actually she retweeted a video on, on social media saying that she's she's in contact with Transit District 30's command. This is an egregious abuse of authority because the individual was resisting arrest and the officers had to use force. Now, when you get stopped for theft of service, it's as simple as this. Excuse me, sir, you didn't pay your fare. It's a violation. Can I have some ID? You hand over ID. Okay, sir, here's a ticket for theft of service. here's your court date, or you can pay it by mail. 
Here's this. We're going to run a warrant on you. You have no warrants. Here's your ticket. Have a nice day. It's as simple as that. This is how it goes now. Excuse me, sir. You jumped the turnstile. You failed to pay your fare. It's theft of service, a Class A misdemeanor here in the city of New York. Can I have some ID, please? I ain't giving you nothing. All right, well, then I'm going to have to take you in, prove who you are, and you're going to spend a night in jail. F you. All right, well, I'm not going to ask again. Would you like to give me ID? Not giving you nothing. All right, turn around, put your hands behind your back. No. Start flailing your arms. Start pushing the officers away. I'm sorry, force is going to be used. We don't say pretty, please. You break the law. We give you an opportunity to walk away with a ticket. You don't. You're going to get put to the ground and handcuffed. It's as simple as that. And they didn't even put him to the ground. They, they, he swung around. He pushed the officer away. They pushed him up against the wall. He, they got one arm. He refused to give the other arm, so they're struggling to get the other arm. They never struck him. They never hit him. They never did anything of the fact. And by all means, with him flailing the other arm in a manner, you are allowed to use blows to the upper arm. You're allowed to use blows to the torso to get them to comply. You're allowed to mace him. You're allowed to do certain things. They didn't. All they did was struggle to get him handcuffed and then eventually got him handcuffed. And you handcuffed. And you have this New York City council member saying, oh, I'm in touch with the, their commanding officer. This is, an, this is not the way we do things in New York. First of all, shut up. All you want is lawlessness in New York City. This is obviously your plan. You don't care if the streets are unsafe. You don't care if the city's unsafe. You don't care if there's cops that are injured. Because morons elected you, and you get on social media, and you just show how stupid you are. It's just incredible, and, and I, I guess you could tell how it frustrates me, but it's just incredibly moronic that they do this. And again, it's uh, Shahana Hanif. She is the New York City Council member, District 39. This is her headliner on her X page. New York City Council member, District 39, Immigration Committee Chair, Organizer, Feminist, Cooney Alumni, Lupus Survivor, Cat Mom, Brooklyn Born and Raised. She, her, Brooklyn District 39. And then again, she this is what she writes. Our office has reached out to the NYP District, NYPD District Transit District 30 about this cruel incident on the 7th Avenue F&G station. This sort of violent, broken windows policing does nothing to keep us safe. Assaulting someone for skipping a turnstile is an abuse of power by the NYPD. And again, all they did was put him up against the wall. He resisted. They swung him around, put him back up against the wall. It took two officers because he would not comply, and they forcefully handcuffed him. Never struck him, never hit him, never maced him, never hit him with a baton, Nothing. And this is their response to that. Now, yes, jumping the turnstile is a minor offense. It's still a Class A misdemeanor. If New York doesn't want it to be a Class A misdemeanor, they should take it off the law books. But like I said, in the early 90s, that's how New York City was turned around, by dealing with that. Because a lot of criminals took the subway. And when we found out they had warrants... Well, it's not my fault as the police that you have a warrant. You got arrested and you failed to show up. You failed to hold up your end of the contract. So now you're going to jail so you can get before the judge and answer for that. I'm sorry you have a gun because you wanted to rob someone on the subway. I know you just jumped the turnstile, but now you have a gun. And you know now you're going to jail for that. It's that easy. And it could be as simple as, here's your ID. 
No warrants. Here's your ID back. Here's a ticket. Pay it or uh, show up in court in 30 days. It's as simple as that. But then you have moronic city council people like this. Making it unsafe for you, your families, your friends, and everybody else, including law enforcement, who are going to get hurt. It's uh, 5.56 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio for this Thursday, January 4th, 2024. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Again, brought you some some of the best experts in the business as far as what's going on in the Middle East. Can plan on continuing to do that as far as experts for the border. You know, with the elections coming, I plan on giving you some some big hitters from uh, Washington and around the state. Uh, also looking at the plans for uh, maybe hitting CPAC the end of next month. CPAC will be taking place in Washington again. Was there live broadcasting last year. And um, looking to maybe do it again. See what your thoughts Everybody be safe out there. Don't uh, dress up warm, and don't worry about the weather this weekend. We'll get through it. That's it for us. God bless. Be safe, and we'll see you here tomorrow.